Hey guys, this week I'm going to be talking about living in Florida and what it's like after the storm. This is going to be a little bit about what life has been like here, some of the changes that we've gone through, what the housing market looks like it's going to be doing going forward, and some other things that you may not have thought about um, getting through a situation like this. So we're going to be getting after that next. This week, I'm not going to go into a big introduction uh, with the channel and everything because I'm really behind. There's a lot of stuff that was going on this week and we're still doing our cleanup. We're still doing our public adjuster, all that kind of stuff that you do uh, after a storm. So I wanna get this into you. I committed to you to give you a video every single week. And the last couple were those lives only because I didn't have any other way to do this. But now things are back in order. I can put myself back into the studio and get you some information that might be useful to you. Now, I had some requests uh, the other day about showing more of the damage in the area and I really struggled with this one because the, the damage has been shown all over um, media, all kinds of media sources, whether it's social media, whether it's the news, it's everywhere. I put this small clip in here just to show somebody did this, this shot down on Fort Myers Beach after the fact. This is what it's like to drive through the streets down there. They're not letting a lot of people into these areas. You have to show your license and your address to be able to get into the areas um, just to be able to check your stuff and clean up and all that. But they're not letting just random people go through, take pictures and video and all that stuff. Because again, there's enough commotion and stuff going on in these areas that they can't just flood it with people that need to see what it looks like now. Trust me, it doesn't look good. It's gonna take a long time to build it back. We're gonna discuss what that build back might look like and what that means for the area. One super exciting thing here, you already know how I feel about our governor and many more people feel the same way. Well, he just stepped up again. Not only were there massive resources sent into our area to fix our area once it was back up and running, I guess, after the storm left, but the mass amount of people that came in and the governor then pushed the envelope to make these bridges, the temporary bridge fixes, they were done in less than a week. That's major, especially for Sanibel. If you saw the Sanibel Causeway and how torn up that thing was, to have that thing done inside of 10 days is amazing. Pine Island, as soon as they decided to do it, that thing was done within days. So the resources we have here, the commitment of the people, Pulling together as a community has just been spectacular to witness, and I'm so happy to be a part of it. But this is what it means to live in Southwest Florida. We are still thriving. We're still pushing forward. We're not leaving. There might be some people that leave, but those could be second homeowners. Those could be vacation home people. And it could be somebody that was completely devastated by the storm and to start over is just too painful. So those situations will happen. Uh, and in those cases, there are going to be people that will take their spot. Um, there's investors already calling, trying to find out what they can grab a hold of, what kind of deals are out there. Deals are not, <laughs> it's not going to be that kind of a deal. It's, it's going to be a different scenario to deal with, but we'll get into that next as well. Despite all the losses that we have gone through, um, there's been tens of thousands of claims already with the insurance companies, but the two largest companies here, they've already said that they've got this covered. They don't see a problem in covering the claims on this. And we're talking right now, I think it's 30,000 or so that have been uh, reported or going to be reported shortly. And that's just a lot of money that's gonna go out. But obviously the insurance companies, they're getting your money every single month and they've been doing it for years since our last storm. Last storm did not affect this area the same way it affected further north of us. 
So these policies now, hey, it's time to pay out on them. And there is a lot of damage, but that's gonna leave a couple other challenges that we're gonna be discussing as we go forward. One of our biggest challenges that many people don't even think about, this area is obviously a port area. And when I say port area, there's a lot of boats that come in and out of here. And one of the things that you may forget about, if you haven't been down to Dock Fords or down on the bay there between Fort Myers Beach and uh, Fort Myers, there is a fleet of ships there that go out and they get the grouper, they get the shrimp, they get all the fish that we have in our fresh seafood places here. And with those boats right now are out of commission except for two. That is going to affect the ability to get that food in the area. So anybody that's really um, looking after trying to find more shrimp and things of that sort, and that's your, that's your bag, that's what you really are after, you may find it slim pickings and you may find the prices a little higher because we're not going to be able to get it the same way we once did. On top of that, the restaurants, the hotels, the um, retail outlets down on the beach, all of it, the ones that were leveled, those jobs are gone. So now there's gonna be an unemployment issue in certain areas uh, of the city. And this is just something we're gonna be dealing with. Uh, we are already having uh, some companies reaching out saying, hey, we've got some positions for you if you guys wanna come work here. So that is a, it's a great thing to see that our, our area is supporting one another, but there is going to be further loss financially due to this. And there's nothing we're gonna be able to do in the short term. This is where the building back is gonna make a big difference for us. Now I'm getting a lot of questions about what's the housing market going to look like? Is it something that there's gonna be a bunch of deals like I just mentioned? Is it something that, am I still gonna be able to get a house? Is this gonna change the new construction timeframes? All of these questions are very much up in the air. I will tell you this, we were already on a shortage, but you know, getting more inventory back, as you know, with the rate increases, so that was helping us get some back. I pulled some numbers today and I was surprised to find that our median price previously was almost 400,000, right? And up to that number, there are literally over 500 homes that are in prime size. And when I say prime size, that's three bed, two bath, 1500 square feet or more. There are over 500 of them available between the three and 400,000 mark. So the opportunities for a property in the area are still wonderful they're there uh, one thing that we are trying to sort out our mls has asked us to give an update on the property uh, if it was affected by the storm what how it was affected what that looks like are there any claims filed because a claim filed on the property may not keep it from being transferred but ensuring it after the fact is probably the problem we're gonna be looking at and in the short term, once again, you may be able to take over somebody's insurance policy, but that's only for the term in which they are in it. So if they started in October and they go till next October, they have a year to basically get everything straight for that next insurance term, but you're going to have to have those repairs done in order to start a new policy. That's just gonna be the way it is. Unfortunately, we don't know what our supply chains look like yet. We know that there's been shortages on aluminum and stuff. So for pool cages and fencing and things like that, it could be challenging. But as far as roofing, if it's shingled, I've heard that shingles are a little bit more plentiful than you would think. Uh, they keep that stuff pretty well stocked. If it's a metal roof, again, could be challenging. But those are the steps that we're gonna be taking here. And in the coming weeks, I'll update you on what that looks like for us. But right now, as we stand, there are homes on the market, homes ready to go, and the local builders, I'm getting lists and lists of homes they have available. 
So if you really want to be in Florida, you can still do it. The lifestyle here is not going to change. The sun's gonna be out just as much. The water's still going to be there. We're just gonna be challenged with how to access it in the short term. Also, anybody that's a boater, please use an extreme amount of caution if you're gonna be out on the water. There's a lot of debris that's still in the water. They're trying to clear it. There's boats that have sunk that are out there and you just don't know where they are. The shifting of the channels with the sand being pushed different ways. Those things are all going to change the GPS's on your boats. So if you're somebody that's vacationing in the area and you're taking out one of the, the uh, rental boats, just because that GPS has a breadcrumb trail that takes you through a channel or between a couple islands, doesn't mean it's that way anymore. So be really careful, watch your speeds when you're on the water, and let's not get ourselves in further difficulties by not paying attention. On top of this housing problem that we could potentially have, the rentals are now also being uh, sucked up because of the fact that homes that were damaged or homes that are gone, those people still need a place to live. So our rentals are getting eaten up pretty fast and we're going into season. So on top of everything else, now we're gonna have the seasonal folks coming back in and whatever resources were there, there's gonna be less of them. So patience is gonna be a huge thing for all of us. We all have to exhibit some patience because I've already seen numerous complaints about why does my neighbor have power and I don't? Why does my neighbor have internet and I don't? Really? That's what we're concerned about right now? There's people that don't have houses. There's people that don't, there's people aren't even alive right now because of this storm. And we're worried about internet. We're worried about water pressure. I heard that from, from Rory this morning. He's my inspector. And people are worried about their water pressure not being with their neighbors is. Come on, there's bigger problems right now. Uh, in fact, I found out a bigger one I, I just had. I knew my roof was a little bit a mess. I know that my fence was all blown down. Well, the whole front wall of my house, there's water intrusion, it's wet. Inside that wall is wet. That wall is gonna need taken apart and replaced. The adjuster's coming on Tuesday, so we'll work it all out. But these are the challenges that you will work through if you go through a storm. Even if you're not here, you're gonna come home to this. This is still going to be a challenge. So keep in mind, these are the things that you're going to deal with after a storm. An important fact that you need to know about FEMA, we've heard of their name. It's the Federal Emergency Management Agency and they are there to help out after a disaster. What we didn't know or I didn't know, so this is a great education for me, second homes, vacation homes, rental homes, all these different properties, if it's not your primary residence, you cannot use FEMA resources on that property. Yeah. Kind of surprising. It is a government program and it is there to help people that have been affected by a disaster. It's going to be limited. There's aren't, it's not going to be just an open book to pay for everything. So they're also recommending that at the same time that you apply for the assistance for that, that you also do an SBA. It's a small business loan that you can get. Yes, loan. That means you're gonna pay it back. But it's a resource that they're making available to help cover those costs because roofs will not be cheap. There's gonna be a lot of people wanting them, that raises the price. Pool cages, I already mentioned we have a shortage of aluminum. On top of that, there's a lot of people that lost them, so there's gonna be a lot of demand for it. What happens when there's a lot of demand? Prices go up. This is just what we're gonna be dealing with. It could take a year, two years, three years to get back to normalcy for everyone, but you need to know that these programs are there, but they are very limited on who can use them and how they use them. Some of what they cover, on the FEMA assistance, they will cover things, major things. That word is key, major. A roof, AC system that might have been affected, 
if you have well and septic issues, that could also do it. A refrigerator, stove, it's not going to do your home entertainment system. It's not going to do a dishwasher. Those are conveniences. This is for major things that affect your living. And that is where they're going to categorize it. There's been a lot of people already complaining about being turned down by FEMA. And it could be for any one of the reasons that we've just discussed. It doesn't mean if you applied once, you can't get it again. So there's people that have reapplied and kept trying the process. Will it work? I don't know. Um, it's not something that I am going after to, uh, to find out. But these are the things that I've been able to track down to this point to give you a little bit more guidance if you're somebody that's affected and would be looking for FEMA assistance. The other thing that this assistance covers will also be uh, temporary lodging as well as assistance with transportation. Like if you lost your car in the process, this program will also help cover that. If you are making a claim with your insurance company, there's a lot of different thought processes behind this. Some people go right to their insurance company, make the call, have the adjuster come out and take whatever number they give them. I've been told that's very short-sighted. Now, again, I need to remind you, I've never been through a hurricane like this that did so much destruction and I've never had it happen in my own property. So this is all a new process for me as well, but I was listening to some folks and their experiences and how I could do this better for myself. I hired a public adjuster. That means they're independent. That means it's almost like a Morgan and Morgan attorney situation where they're going to fight for your rights and whatever you get out of a settlement, they get a piece of it. Now this is capped at 10%. That is not supposed to be any higher than that. And if it is, you're not, uh, you're not bound to it because the state limits on that are 10%, but get a public adjuster. They will fight for you to get a higher number. They'll talk it through with the insurance company. So you really don't even need to be involved. Let them hash it out. Everything that you do in communication with your insurance company, copy it to your public adjuster so that they're on the same playing field as you. But get the public adjuster and go with the best number that you come up with. If you happen to have a pool and it was affected by a storm, there's a lot of confusion about what should I do because I'm telling you these pools look nasty. They're either black or dark green or, and they've got things floating in it. There's algae growing on all kinds of nastiness. What I've seen as the odds on solution to this, do not drain your pool. People are draining their pools and having to refill them. They're getting them resurfaced and they're getting quotes on this stuff of like $1,500 plus. No. What's been advised is to shock the pool like you would with any other kind of algae buildup in a pool. You shock it and get it cleared up. It'll start to clear up. You'll be able to see the debris in there. Get the debris out and you can start running the pool the way you normally do, shock it again, and just keep your levels um, balanced in there and it will go back to a, uh, a clear pool once more. You don't need to drain it. You don't need to scrub it, resurface it, any of that stuff. Try this way first because there's a lot of people reporting back that they've been very successful and it didn't cost them much at all. Now for you that are still looking to move to Florida, uh, Ben came up with a solution. I found this uh, the other day. He is getting a pod to move down here. I believe it was Massachusetts he's leaving from to get down here. And what he did with the pod, a couple of things that he advised is number one, you pay a fee for this. And then if you keep your things in the pod for a period of time, he was saying it's about $300 a month just to keep it stored in there so that you're not in a hurry to have to move your stuff around. But what he also did is not only did he pack it full, he sold off a lot of things that he knew he wasn't gonna use here. Uh, different states have different rules on what goes with the house. 
Well, Florida will give you almost all the appliances when you purchase, washer and dryer or the two that may or may not be there. Everything else is standardly included in the property. And with that, you can leave all that stuff behind, sell it to somebody else, whatever it is. Sell the furniture. If it's big furniture that you're not gonna use, sell it. Anything that is going to be big, clunky, in the way, and you really don't use often, leave it. Then stuff that pod full. What he also did is he put a um, AirPod, an Apple AirPod inside the container so that wherever it goes, he can find it. Yeah, things go missing sometimes, especially with these movers these days. So put that in there to make sure that you can track that thing. So when you're preparing yourself to move, take some of these tips. Thank you, Ben, for those tips again. And the other thing that he did say is request any kind of discounts. If you happen to be a veteran, they do generally discount for things like that. But use those things to your advantage. Get the best deal you can. But once again, these pods seem to be the very best way. He spent $4,000, $300 a month after for storage. You know, it's a pretty good number considering I've heard some really high numbers. I'm talking thousand dollars $18,000 to move their house here. Um, so if this works for you, go ahead and give that a try. And the last thing I'm going to mention about everything going on here is we are being patient with things like trash pickup. There's a bunch of garbage along the roads. There's stacks of stuff just reminding us of, of everything that happened. Uh, we also want to keep in mind that everybody is going through some kind of a difficult time through all this. I don't think anybody came out of this completely unscathed. So we have to also try to um, be sympathetic to others and kind of understand everybody's in a an odd place right now. So don't act out on emotions, keep your cool. Everybody's trying to do their best to build back and make things better and it will be better. We are going to build everything in a fashion that's gonna bring back that same entertainment vibe that was once here. It's just gonna take time. So if you're patient, and you really want to be in this area, it'll be back. We just need that time to get there. All right, so that's a little bit more about living in Florida and what you can expect after a storm. If you want more information about what it's like to live in Florida or different cities in Florida, check out one of these other videos. And if you've got a question for me that you need an answer to, you've got to call, text, or email because I've got your back when moving to the Gulf Coast.